0: Peace and blessings. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Send In Thou Shalt Not Pray. I am your hostess, the Real First Lady. On this show, we will have controversial discussions on sensitive topics relating to spirituality, relationships, and connecting one on one with our Creator. Have you ever felt out of place at church? Have you ever felt bullied at church? Have you ever been around self righteous Christians? hypocrites? If so, then I've been in your shoes. In this episode, The Snake Pit, you will learn to recognize the nature of the beast. You will understand Matthew 23 and 13 and you will feel more confident with your personal relationship with God. For more information about me, Visit my website, goingpublic.live. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, email me at therealfirstlady at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail. I may be able to use it for an episode discussion. 1-866-832-LADY. Please subscribe and leave a review. Like, follow, and share. You can trust me, to be honest with you. If you listen to only half the time, I guarantee you'll be in first place. finally made it. We're here. Happy holidays. Let me say that first. We are in the month of December now, so I want to make sure that I keep everybody in the mind frame of the holiday spirit. And don't forget the reason for the season. So let's get right to it here. You know, of course, number one, I got to give God the glory, you know, for even... Being on this platform right now. And so that's first and foremost, always. Um, And I want to thank everybody that has been in my corner and really been supporting me. Not just today, but just in my life in general. I want to say thank you. Thank you. Now, my show is for anyone who has a soul. And preferably common sense. I can work with that a lot better. But I want to really. Pause for a moment. Just a second. And I want you to. Help me. Give a shout out. To my. Number one fan. My. very first subscriber. My grandmother. And. Elizabeth Alexander, and this year on a Monday on March the 29th, she earned her wings and she has gone on to be with the Lord, and so this is my first holiday and my whole family's first holiday without her. So she knew about my podcast, she gave me her full support, her stamp of approval, A-100, So, the podcast was in its infancy back then, um, and so she never really got to, you know, see the results of it. So, in her honor and in her memory, I'm dedicating this podcast to her so that my success is her success. Without her, I wouldn't be existing. Now, listen... Be patient with me, because I'm working out all the little technical kinks and stuff like that. You know, when I started, you know, I thought it was going to be all smooth and easy and everything, and then I could just talk and express myself, but this thing grew legs practically overnight. I'm not kidding. You know, so I really put a lot of focus more into the content, and so, you know, let me get my flow together. You know, you get to watch me grow grass from the dirt just like that. I like that. I really do. That's who I am. It's in my blood. It feels real familiar. So as you get to know me, anybody who knew me or thought they knew me, if you get to know me, it's because I'm going to be the one that's going to give birth to your knowledge when I reveal Certain parts of myself. To you. for So forget about what you heard. I have no problems. With being true. My favorite color is blue. And blue is true. Yeah. All that. And. I really want to get one thing straight from the beginning. Because I already know where this is getting ready to go. I do not claim, like this is a disclaimer, like literally, I don't claim to know everything, but I do claim to know a little bit about almost everything, okay, you're safe with me, I know what I'm talking about, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a biblical scholar, evangelist, prophetess, none of that. Those jobs are secure. I'm good over here. I'm good over here, okay? But you can come talk to me. You can. And I want to hear what you have to say. Everybody wants to hear what you have to say. Once a month, we're going to invite somebody into our hot seat, somebody who's going to be willing Who's going to have no problems with being honest and open for the purpose of truth and transparency and clarity. I have no respect of persons. If someone's not truthful, they get the boot. Straight up. Period. No more BS. Okay? The BS boot. That's what you're going to get. Now, the whole time, as the first lady, I was just there as a witness, okay? And I'm the type of person, I am filled with righteous indignation, like a righteous anger. I can't stand people that tell lies and hypocrites and people who are malignant and treacherous. Those are things that bother me a lot. And so I'm here to encourage you, make you laugh, and, you know, drop you some knowledge every Monday. There's going to be a brand new episode every Monday, you know. But everything that's going on right now, it is in the book. The book. The big book. It's not Greek mythology. It's not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. This is serious business. This is not a game. I have seen destruction of parental relationships, the destruction of marriages, friendships. Listen, some of these people are treacherous. I'm not kidding. You know, uh... I give God the glory for growing up in the inner city. I don't know about anybody else, but I do. That's what got me through, to be honest with you, church and streets. That's my foundation in that order, for real. You know, because game does recognize game. But they really didn't know nothing about me, none of the stuff that I'm sharing with you. None of it, except maybe that I'm from Cali, you know, and many times, and I'm talking about hundreds of times, a few tried it and were on the cusp of getting their heads chopped off, straight up, a straight up premature departure of the spiritual kind. You know, I was really a girl in the hood, from the hood, rather. And I was in the first lady clothes with my big smile. But I also had a healthy respect for the sacred grounds. They didn't know me. And they mistook me for being lightweight, talking crazy, completely out of pocket. You know, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. You know, I've been tested. This is not new to me. This is true to me. In a real way. I tell you what. I tell you what. Check it. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. On a long shot, you better put your money on me. I'm telling you that right now. I'm off the grid. With mine, the whole time I was just taking notes. I was just taking notes. I was off the grid mentally. Really, there. I was there, but I wasn't there. Not really. They played themselves. And I was just being myself. I wasn't putting on no airs or being fake or anything. I hated sitting in that seat. And I refused to wear those hats and dresses and skirts and dresses, purses and all that stuff. I refused to do that. That's not me. I was myself the whole time. And they tried their damnedest. I'm not kidding around to break me. But instead... (laughs) They got broke off a two-piece and a biscuit in a real way. They slept on me, y'all. They tried to figure me out, but you ain't going to figure me out. How about that? It's not happening. So they eventually started to depend on my relationship with God. Once I started to unravel on that a. The Bible has codes, rules, and regulations. And so do the streets. That's where they get their infrastructure. So the whole experience for me was crazy. And so that's why I titled the podcast, The Send-In, A House of Praying... In a different way. And just a little, you know, fun fact about your first lady. I'm also a preacher's kid. My stepfather, he was an associate pastor. We were raised up in the fire in Brimstone. Yeah, right in South Central L.A. 111-66-South Broadway. I will never forget that address. They said it every time somebody read the bulletin. I don't know why. We was already there. But he leveled us up eventually and bought a house for us in Inglewood off of Crenshaw in Manchester, the famous Fifth Avenue. And he's still serving. As bishop in the Inland Empire today so with the five congregations that I speak of I don't claim the sixth one because you never really want to put something that you quit on your resume but this is the one that sixth one that is the one that did me in once And for all, for real, the coup de grace, it was the final, final crushing blow. Have you ever heard of a first lady quitting? Any first lady or anything, just straight up quitting. Well, that's what I did. So now you know one. I just woke up one Sunday morning and I started getting dressed for church. And something just came over me like a feeling, like a surrendering feeling. And I said to myself, to hell with that nonsense. I ain't going back there no more. It was draining. I didn't go to no more church functions, no more Bible studies. I didn't do any of that anymore. I did like lot and didn't look back. I actually had to put hands on somebody in the parking lot after church in front of parishioners as the first lady on a communion Sunday in white and heels. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. That's crazy. I had to get up out of there. I had to get up out of there. They kept trying to test my gangster. And so I... Don't mess with them at all anymore because it was a real bad situation, a real bad situation. It was just evil, evil, condensed in one location. It was bad. It was real bad. I mean, to the point where like sometimes for real, like I'll get a panic attack or like an anxiety attack or when I see people coming out of church or if I pass by a church and I see people with those hats and suits and stuff, I get an anxiety attack. And so, you know, I got that Xanax on standby though, but it's serious. It's I get anxiety. But anyway, enough about me. Let's get into why we here. Let's get into why we're here. Now, when I was doing my research, I was preparing for this episode. I came across this article from the Barner Research Group. They've been around since 1984. They're a private, nonpartisan, for-profit organization. Some of the clients that they have are Habitat for Humanity, World Vision, The Salvation Army, And they do research and analyze the data, and they've done over a million interviews in order to understand the cultural trends that are relating to the values, the beliefs, the attitudes, and behaviors. I like to read the results of those surveys because those people put in work. They really do. They're worth the for-profit part. Send them your 10% instead. And they're located in Ventura, California. My people. Yeah. So they did a survey back in 2014. That was seven years ago. Now that number is really, really important. In 2014, seven years ago, they conducted a survey on Americans being divided on the importance of church. The link is going to be provided. The results were... 35% Thirty-five percent of millennials, our future, take an anti-church stance. Pretty much opting out of church altogether. They say the church is irrelevant. They find God elsewhere. They say that it's too much hypocrisy. They said that there was the moral the moral failures. They said of the leaders. This is what they said. And they also felt that God was missing in the church. This is the thing here that really ties in. They were concerned about the fact that they had legitimate doubt. And it was prohibited starting at the front door. That's kind of cultish. You don't want me to ask no questions. Just believe what you say. Okay. An insanely high number. 61% say that the last time that they went to church, they did not gain anything significant or received any new insights regarding their faith. The Barna Group found that even though the primary reason most people say that they attend church in the first place is to grow closer to God. And the Barner Group unfortunately reports that such closeness is a rare occurrence. Wow, that's all I can say. And now, fast forward. Here we are seven years later, 2021, and they did another survey. Get this. This is crazy. 38% of American pastors have considered quitting full-time ministry. Ain't that some BS? Oh, now you want to quit. Oh, now you want to quit now that you find out that we're on to you. Okay. They talking about they're on the brink of a burnout. Are you really? Are you kidding me? Come on. Now, listen to this. According to the Barna Group, only 35% of American pastors are healthy. And healthy in terms of well-being and these are the categories spiritually physically emotionally vocationally and financially all those categories think about that only 35 percent are sufficient amongst themselves in that category so The other percent, you can't trust that. So think about it. These clowns created widespread institutional skepticism. And now they want to quit. Now they burned out. That's a damn shame. I'm not kidding. It's a shame. And people don't want to be associated with that. It's negative. It's a negative connotation in reference to our spirituality as Christians. It is difficult to wear that jacket. That is the dirt that they put on God's name. This is the damage that has been done. That's what I'm telling you. This episode, the snake pit. I'm about to get started. I actually started out nice, but now I'm getting ready to get all the way rough. Let's talk about that snake. In Hebrew, Nahash means snake. And if, this word has nothing to do with Nahash, but it's another Hebrew word that you can learn. It's an adjective, And it's called, and and it is a room, meaning sneaky, right? Okay, boom. You got your little Hebrew lesson. Snakes have no limbs, no eyelids. Some have a venomous bite. Some are harmless nuisances. They slither with their head all up in the air. They're subtle and cold-blooded. That's where being cold-blooded came from. But what it actually means is that they can't regulate their temperature from within like humans do. Instead, they use their environment and uh, laying out in the sun and stuff like that. And if they overheat, they go into their little snake pit so they can cool off. That's how they regulate their temperature. They're meat eaters. They can't chew. So they swallow their meal whole they're able to disconnect their jaw to accommodate the size of its prey. Now the rapid tongue flickering that we always see is how it smells and how it takes in its environment, the surroundings, because the sight and the hearing is limited. The slow flickering, usually that indicates that something has really Grabbed its attention like a rat. Now, the strike may not necessarily come immediately. It may first hiss or puff up. And if you do get bitten, this is what can happen to you. Think about this swelling, redness, severe pain, bleeding, acute allergic reaction. Breathing problems, kidney failure can lead to amputation, and even death. It all depends on what type of snake bit you and the amount of venom that was injected. Now, snakes don't have a range of emotions. Like dogs, they wag their tails. Cats, they purr. If you have a pet snake... You have to be real intentional because you have to keep it comfortable and relaxed. Its environment has to be regulated. Now, when I looked up the word snake pit in Webster, first it said that it's a hospital for the mentally ill. And then it said it's a place of chaotic disorder or distress But it also is a heat sensing organ called a pit and they're located in certain faces of certain snakes and it's a membrane that detects the radiation from the warm bodies. And at night those pits allow them to see an image of the predator or the prey in complete absolute darkness. It's an extra sense. The pit is an extra sense. And it detects touch, temperature, and pain. Only pythons, boa constrictors, and vipers, vipers are usually non-aggressive, have pits. But not all vipers have pits. But the ones that do, the snakes that have pits, some have one, some have multiple. So imagine that. Does any of this sound familiar? Any of this? We're talking about the nature of the beast. Snakes come in all colors. They're spread all over the world, except Antarctica, it's too cold but the it's global is global and their biggest threats are humans and large birds like eagles and they say that their conservation status is the least concerning huh. okay listen satan the serpent that the bible speaks of says it is the most clever of all. Keep that in mind. Now, Matthew 23 and 13. That verse really came to mind when I started preparing for this episode. Because they're the words of Jesus. So, actually, the episode came first. And then the scripture came to mind. And this is from the international version. But it really doesn't matter. Because I know some 75 year old religious elderly people walking around. With a King James Version. They can barely read. People need to stop fronting. Get a teen Bible. Because that's where most of us are spiritually most of us are get a team bible now it says in Matthew 23 woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees you hypocrites you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces you yourself do not enter nor will you let those enter who are trying to Jesus said that. Now think about it. They're out here lying on Jesus. Now, people don't believe in God. People don't care about God. People don't respect God. I mean, come on. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. The church building is not the church. And just because somebody else goes to church and you don't, it doesn't mean anything. It is a building where some believers, some so-called believers, and non-believers gather. It's a pit, like Webster said, for the mentally ill. But in this case, we're going to include spiritually ill too. A pit is a place of concealment of some sort for whatever reason. The church is filled with sinners, okay? Starting in the pulpit. It is a hospital. But let them paint the picture for you. It's a country club for the elite Christians. But let me tell you something. Well people do not go put on their best clothes, get dressed, give money to go hang out with sick people. Come on. Think about that. The price of admission. Come on. Even the holiest of the holy has a propensity to switch up. Use your judgment And discretion when you're entering into those doors. You can come out worse than when you went in for real. Being a Christian has no color. Has no gender. It's global. We're one in the regard that we're peculiar people. We're true people. We're a community of people who fear God. And we prove that with our hearts, hands, and our feet for service. It's about service. That's what it's about. And Christians reach out to the world. That's what we do. It has nothing to do with status, education, bank account, cars, clothes, your gold, shiny Usher badge, or your gold, shiny Deacon badge. I can't stand them badges. So in this scripture, the door that the scripture refers to is the door to a new understanding. And so Jesus is that metaphorical door. The church is his kingdom. Knowing the truth. That's the kingdom. The church or the parishioners. Belong to God, to uh, belong to the pastor. Let me say that again: the church or the parishioners do not belong to the pastor. Let's be clear. Now, these pastors, not all. They'll claim to have access to the truth. They'll claim. To have understanding. But the Bible says. They shut the door. In the face of the people. Who are seeking the truth. And they're shutting the door. In the face of the people. That they already have access to. Which is the staff. And the members. And it says further. That they don't even go in. themselves. Which means. That they don't really believe the truth and they're stopping everybody else from believing or knowing the truth what they want you to believe is that they are well connected they try to seem important they try to maintain influence by pretending to have moral character and Jesus said in no uncertain terms, they are blind guides, hypocrites, fools, serpents, and a generation of vipers. Remember, vipers are generally non aggressive. So, anyway, I came across this little topic as I was reading. Just randomly by Sigmund Freud. And he uses the example of psychoanalysis where it pertains to religion. And so it's called The Ego and the ID. I'll provide the link. It's very interesting and eye-opening. But the bottom line here is that the word of God is not for sale. He is the truth. He does not need your money. Stop giving all your money away to these churches some of these pastors and I did say some are nothing more than vain egotistical pimps peddling flesh and they think they hustling God but they really hustling others Jesus needs followers that's what he needs and they got more followers than Jesus That needs to change. The Bible tells us that we got to be told about the wolves and the dogs and the deceitful workers. Here I am. I'm telling it. So don't be razzle-dazzled by that curve appeal, and fancy names, internal bells and whistles, hats and suits and positions and people running around with badges on, thinking they're in charge of somebody. Mm -mm. And you know what? You got to watch those senior citizens too sometimes because they're supposed to be the lighthouse of the church. But sometimes you can't trust them either. They can be the worst sometimes. Don't be afraid of them. You don't have to put up with that. You don't have to be putting up with getting bullied at church by people, other people that's sick. (laughs) You know, I mean, come on. So, we're going to get off the priest. And we're going to get on everybody that's acting up. They were doing it then and they are still doing it now. They're false representatives, y'all, full of pride and vanity and worldliness, smoke and mirrors, talking and not walking, slithering. Really, we got to really open up that book. There's codes in there. There's, I mean, listen, whether you believe or not, you need to open a book up so you can know what we know. So here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway. We are here to rule over sin. Okay? We are spirit children. Satan is here to start stuff with believers. He uses pain and pleasure to make people blind and stupid. They're his ambassadors whosoever is willing. But remember, it's not about us. The battle is between God and his adversary, which is Satan. And the only way Satan can hurt God is through us. Being a child of God carries a huge responsibility. Huge. Which means that we must be intentional We have to self-regulate. We must do this thing called a check and balance with the mirror. But listen, we're also vessels. Christians are also vessels. So just because I'm a Christian, please don't make a mistake and misunderstand. Because vessels serve many purposes, including being regulator. If you get this snapback that you probably will hear about gathering together, oh, you have gotta gather together and fellowship and all that stuff. Listen, the word of God says that you can be blameless And still share, that word share, the consequences of the unhealthy associations. Including where you assemble. So you got to be careful when you're seeking the face of God in a church building. Pastors are expositors of the word. That sounds real fancy, right? But that means explainers. And to explain something requires to understand it and to have applied it, wouldn't you think? If you don't use it, how do you know it works? The pastor, the board of directors, which consists of those very same heathens, the ministry team, they're not on equal footing with God. Our personal relationship, our personal relationship with God is nobody's business and it's not subject to anybody's opinion. You're probably already more saved or better off than they are already without all that garbage. You can't even conceive how low these people will go and how many lies they will tell Just to get what they want. They have zero shame. And even less than zero regret. Christians. We're the largest. And the most influential. Of over 4,000 different religions. With more than 2 billion. Okay. I said billion people claiming to be followers. And you mean to tell me with 2 billion people, we can't eradicate some of the problems that we have? Christians defend the destitute, the needy, fatherless widows. And we have the guarantee from our Heavenly Father that He will recompense, which means He's going to be the one to compensate. You can't go in church and buy no blessing. And you can get the blessings here on earth. And perhaps in the next life if you live right. Don't be a snake. But associate yourself with the wisdom and the alchemy. Don't talk to snakes. Don't listen to snakes. Eve did that. You see what happened? If you come across a snake, make a sharp right. Turn a short right, and in conclusion, be a thermostat where you control, you set the temperature of the environment that's around you, not a thermostat like the snake, which temperature is determined by the environment. Regulate, and for those who who are afraid to open up the Bible, who are just don't care to open up the Bible, uh, I have included in the show's note a uh, elementary children's book, even, and it's titled The Greedy Python. The principle is still the same. If you have any feedback, or if you would like to ask anything in reference to this episode, if you need any advice, think of me. Your personal first lady. For more information on this episode, please govern yourself accordingly by the show's notes. This is how you can tap in: subscribe and leave a review, like, follow, share. The real first lady at gmail.com, one eight six six eight three two lady. For more information about me, goingpublic.live. No topic is off limits. It's in the book. We can talk about it here. We're trying to build a bridge of understanding. We must be wise as servants. I promise you, nobody, you hear me? Nobody can go up against the stuff I'm using. And I'm sharing it with you. And I guarantee you that if you listen to only half of what I tell you, I guarantee you'll be in first place. See you next Monday for a brand new episode on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Blessings.